0: Ah,
1: you obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, this is Alan Y, belated Baron Hassan from Into the Badlands, and you are listening to Kung Fu Drive In Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me tonight is actor and martial artist Alan Y, who you might have seen as Baron Hassan on Into the Badlands. Alan, thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening to talk with the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Jeff. It's an absolute pleasure to speaking to yourself and your fans of your podcast. Before we get started, can we get an introduction to who you are? You've got an interesting background, being a, a Chinese man born and bred in Dublin, Ireland. Is that correct?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. So myself, like I'm the youngest of a family of six. My family's originally from Hong Kong. And uh, my dad, yeah, he's worked like all over the place in the UK and uh, various cities like Newcastle, Manchester, London, Liverpool. And like he obviously goes back and forth to Hong Kong to be with family. But then I think, I believe an uh, the opportunity arise uh, for uh, uh, like a business partnership uh, to set up in Dublin uh, they basically just running a takeaway store as many Chinese of that generation would do like uh, when they, when they come over um, to the UK and Ireland so uh, that gave them an opportunity to actually bring the whole family over to Dublin and settle and uh, I was conceived <laughs> when they uh, <laughs> arrived in, uh, in Ireland then so, yeah. Yeah, No, I, I'm not familiar with the, the populace of
0: Ireland. So, was it hard for you being of Chinese descent and growing up there?
1: Um, you know, thinking back, um, I guess, I didn't go through... Like, like, uh, I can't really recall the extreme struggle, per se, you know? But, um, like, I guess at Dublin, back then, I think the population in the late 80s, early 90s was approximately 1 million. And, and like, of that 1 million... The, definitely wasn't many Chinese people, you know, and, um, but if, if you're saying about the difficulties, such as like prejudice and so on, I, I don't know. And um, just thinking back, I remember like uh, at home, I normally speak with my family in uh, Cantonese and, uh, when I was in, in school, I, I guess there was that difficulty of, uh, of like listening to all these people and speaking. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and, you know, I, I literally like pick up English, like uh, through school only like, uh, like, cause my parents, like, although my, my dad did speak English, but like within the household, it's just all uh, Cantonese and my mom barely, doesn't really speak any uh, English at all. So I kind of, uh, it's uh, so one memory I remember having like, uh, in, during my early days in school is, uh, was like when, uh, there's quite a few people named John and like I hear people greeting each other, like hey, John, good morning John, and all that. I just, and that got me thinking. Oh, that's just a way to greet people. And I started calling everyone John. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was just one memory that, that came back to me. I remember like, oh yeah, I remember I used to always call people John like I thought like, hey John, good morning John. Like, <laughs> but honestly, I, I, yeah. funny enough, now English is kind of like my first language, and my Cantonese is the, you know so so <laughs> and did
0: you develop that irish brogue as you were growing up uh yeah
1: yeah i i guess so um even even still like uh, my people say my accent i don't really have a strong um uh, irish accent like what back then I, I obviously my accent was a lot more stronger but um i actually lived in when i was uh, nine years old uh, again another uh business opportunity for my uh, parents they actually went and lived over in uh, Liverpool, England um, uh, before. So I actually some of the younger members of the family that were in college or have their own uh, thing going like my older siblings remained stayed in Ireland whereas the younger myself and uh, two of my sisters and my brother like we we went over to Liverpool as well. So I was there for four years and then uh, until we eventually went back to Ireland and then I also lived in like Toronto for a while like uh, in my later years and and then uh, in Hong Kong uh, for a couple of years as well. So my accent now is, I don't know if people say it's really uh, mishmash. like <laughs> oh, that's they can't a good really, thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, they can't really pinpoint exactly where my accent is. You're quite the and, globetrotter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of my
0: previous guests, Owen O'Brien, he's a Irish. Uh, he's, he's an actor and he's got a martial arts background as well. But when I talked to him about martial arts opportunities uh, over there, he said at the time it was quite limited in Ireland, but you found a way... To study Taekwondo, Muay Thai, Capoeira, Tai Chi. What drew you to martial arts to begin with? And then how did you find a way to train in so many styles?
1: Yeah, um, well, uh, I guess, like many people and um, like, like martial arts fanatics, I think we had the staple diet of like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Samo Hung, all those um, classic martial arts movies. I think just being a big fan and I just always wanted to learn. Something like, you know, like uh, just a real martial arts fanatic from the movies, mainly. <laughs> and uh, I guess Owen's actually uh, absolutely right. Uh, back then, there, there wasn't many choices of martial arts schools. And uh, basically, uh, it's normally comprised of like uh, Taekwondo or karate. But myself, I was really fascinated with like uh, Wushu, like Chinese Kung Fu. And I think the closest Kung Fu schools back, back in the days then uh, that were on offer was Wing Chun. But uh, even still, like I uh, my, I actually, like thinking back then, like uh, I, I, in my mind, I started quite late uh, in formal training of martial arts uh, because I always, when I was younger, I was always asking my parents, like, oh yeah, I want to do this, want to do that, like I want to like, start some like martial arts training. But they, they probably, they brushed off thinking that I wanted to learn to beat people up <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. But so it wasn't until I was like 16 years old. That um, I started working part time and like uh, rounded up some you know uh, pocket money for myself, and then I enrolled into a uh, Taekwondo club. So that's why that's my first uh, formal training in Taekwondo because I was like quite successful and nimble young kid then, and uh, so I, d- I did Taekwondo for a couple of years, and then I uh, I was just really I, had a, I was a big ball of energy. I guess I just wanted to explore more, and then I found that uh. Another place where I can try some capoeira. And I did a bit of some capoeira for a couple of months. That club, um, I remember it was moving around a lot. And so I couldn't, um, like, and they always, the classes were, I think they're, the, the, the instructors that ran it were quite free spirited, you know? <laughs> and like, this. so they kept moving around, changing locations. So I couldn't really keep up with that. And then um, I eventually moved into, training in Muay Thai as well, which I did for a couple of years. And um, my, the other martial arts that I did end up uh, doing, funny enough, like it was when I was in Toronto, I lived in Toronto for just under a year or approximately 11 months there. I, I had uh, managed to get a working holiday visa. That's when I got a taste of um, like more traditional Chinese Kung Fu, which I like absolutely to love. And like, I, I started training in uh, a club uh, and like a Southern style martial arts. And it was the oldest, uh, Luk uh, Kung Fu club is like one of the oldest uh, martial arts schools in uh, Toronto. So, and through that, I got in touch with a few of the instructors that we, um, they introduced me to do Tai Chi with another uh, gentleman. And like we do that in the mornings, and then uh, and from learning Tai Chi, uh, like every morning, we, uh, it will be lessons around, like we all meet up around like 5.30, 6, 6 a.m. in the morning, We're like a, a like 60 to 90 minute session. And then we get together to have some uh, dim sum. And when I went to this uh, dim sum parlor, like a restaurant, uh, I remember there's this old gentleman just sitting across the table from me. And then... He was just looking at me for a while, and then we were just having a bit of a banter, like a back and forth chant. And then he looked at me and said, oh, you, you do martial arts, do you? And I said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll dabble in a bit. And then he goes, oh, when you finish up with your tea and all that, do you want to come and join me? And I said, uh, okay, why not? I've had time to kill, so <laughs> might as well check out what this, um, this old gentleman has to share. And then he basically he kind of uh, started like show me some techniques. And then it turned out that he was a descendant of the founder of this martial arts Futar Kun, which is like for the fist. but came from Shaolin Kung Fu. And then he kind of like, he kind of took a shine to me, I guess. And then he, uh, <laughs> he wants to, to kind of, I guess, take me on. It was, I guess that was my karate kid moment, so to speak, as in like yeah. Daniel-san. <laughs>
0: that's, like, that's like the plot yeah. of yeah. a movie
1: yeah it was it was just a real eye opener and so that it was a a real fast uh quite an experience and um i was very forever grateful for my um oh, I, I should say my late sifu uh, Chen wingian like he passed away uh, a good few years ago now but um at the time it was like eighty when i met him he like, was eighty 87 turning uh, going 88 years old but man that guy can move like a cat
0: wow
1: yeah it was uh, some experience. What a great, what a great bit of serendipity! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was in Toronto where I actually got like uh, more of my training in the kung fu side. Now, do you continue to train every day now? Um, unfortunately, like I'm a lot busier than uh, I would love to. But um, nowadays, I'm more. Uh, I, I try to keep fit, just like really work out and trying to keep like uh, flex some flexibility. And I still practice some. In- Stances more than anything, you know. Because I, everything. Uh, no matter what martial arts we do, I think uh, the base is always the key. So that's why I always like like training legs in different like stances, horse stance, whatever, the horse stance, sitting stance, and uh, just to keep the base really strong. And then I just still practice a few techniques and so on, just to keep the mind um fresh. Right, right. Now, when
0: did acting become a pursuit for you?
1: Acting. I guess acting kind of uh I fell into acting. once uh, wouldn't say by accident, but um originally when I was uh, doing my final year of a school uh, secondary school like high school um I really wanted to get into film production. I wanted to be like a writer, director. That would have was my pursuit originally. But um I guess I didn't score enough points <laughs> to get the courses that I wanted to um I enrolled for that so I, I didn't get enough points to uh, go into those courses. So it left me thinking, Oh, what should I do now? And, um, I came across this drama, uh, drama course, uh, by chance. And I said, Oh, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to try it out. And just to, uh, it was more for myself to build some confidence and, uh, just seemed like something fun to do. But, um, so it was not until my second year of the drama school that um my uh, tutor and drama course at the time recommended uh, a group of us to go and see this theater show like uh, it's a physical theater show that oh, all might be interesting so the q a after as well it might be some good exp- uh, uh, good exposure for us to tr- like look at a professional show like this so yeah we and uh, myself and a few friends like a uh, classmate went along enjoyed the show um uh, and then afterwards after the q a sessions we're, we're just uh, theater and then i was approached by uh, this another gentleman he just came up to me and asked oh excuse me are you an actor and i said oh yeah i'm training i'm trained to be an actor and he just handed me his uh, card and he said can you give me a call tomorrow and I said, oh sure thing and it did it turned out that he was he was the artistic director of this company for uh, theater company and he was uh casting for uh, this new show that he was doing and he was finding it difficult uh to tap because basically the, the show is called Hurl. And uh, Hurl is actually uh, based on a basically, it's about an Irish sport like hurling. Uh, that's a very uh, a famous Irish sport, it's a very traditional sport. And then the, the play is about um, like uh, a diverse, multicultural uh, band of misfits that get together to form this hurling team. basically people from Jamaica, people from Vietnam, people from all sorts of Bolivia come together and then like led by an Irish priest who is a former alcoholic (laughs) and then to to form this team. Imagine it as another version of cool running, so to speak. (laughs) So this basically, this director was looking for, uh, so all these different ethnics and in Ireland, he said it was just so hard to find. So by chance that he saw me at this theater that, um, he wanted to audition me so uh, and i audition. i did a few rounds of audition i remember at that stage and then and he even told me oh he's going over to london to cast this for this particular role as well and at that stage like i, I was still training in school so like i was thinking oh man if he's going to london cast this, he'd probably much find much better or more experienced people than me and but uh lo and behold like i, I got the call and end up landing the job and i think it was that that moment where- I just realized. Oh wow! Um, I guess uh, from I can probably actually make a living out of this acting thing. <laughs> <laughs> you have a knack for being at
0: the right place at the right time, it seems.
1: Yeah, no, I I, 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 don't know. I, i, I mean, yes, I guess I, I don't want to pull it all down to luck, but sure, I guess it does have, it, you know, it does come into play. <laughs> being At the right time at the right place, you know, like it's just, um, I just been, I guess I've been very fortunate as well, right. like, uh, with these opportunities, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. But you know, and, and like you were saying, uh, at least you're you were prepared, and uh, I've always found that preparation plus opportunity uh equals success, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and, and particularly for this, uh, this my first uh production, professional production I was involved in as well, and um, how that mo- the martial arts actually kind of came in very, very useful because, um, again, being a physical theater show, it was really, really demanding. there's lots a lot of uh, physical movements that were required for this particular role where um, like, uh, uh, although, although I never trained in acrobats or uh, or gymnastics, but I, I had to call for a lot of like uh, acrobatic movements as well. You know, And uh, and I think the martial arts as well helped me be more focused and as well in the preparation for especially and especially um, at, that, at that young age as well like getting thrown into this kind of relatively big production in Ireland like uh, at the time so uh, yeah it, it, um, I think that, again the martial arts helped me sure. like, for something like this
0: now on the flip side of that with the world being what it is there's a tendency to typecast Asians who know martial arts into that stereotypical role right You're who's a thug or a triad leader or uh, or the other end of the negative spectrum, you got the hapless nerd or the, the tech whiz that's really, you know, antisocial. But do you still face that in the roles that you're being offered or is that whole situation getting better?
1: Oh I'd like to say that it's getting better, but um, looking at some of the stuff that I um that comes in or can put forward to like um yeah <laughs> I see, yeah, yeah, I mean, realistically, it still happens. Right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it, it's also down to, um, especially for on-screen stuff, I guess, whether it be a commercial or a TV or a film, like looking for an East Asian, I think they, uh, I think for the production, they don't really want, it, they're fearful of the risk of casting, uh, like, a. Uh, a role that's not specific, like doesn't necessarily have to be an East Asian person. but I think they just want something that identifies, oh, they recognize how can we recognize these like East Asian character and all that What will be the tropes. That's why they, you know, they they, they go for those, uh, cliched characters, so to speak, you know, but, um, I I have been fortunate. Like, I do know some casting directors that are willing to take more risks with certain castings, you know, um, as in, like, even if the role is not specifically uh, written for an East Asian, they, they do still, I do still get invitations to to read for those parts, which I'm very grateful for. And one of them is uh, Louise Kylie, who actually crafted for uh, Into the Badlands. Like, she still, like, I get in touch with myself and my agent for reading for uh, roles that are not specifically, you know, the stereotypical East Asian role. It's something that, you know, it can be open,
0: mm-hmm. anything. So, yeah, and, uh, a show like Into the Badlands is really kind of doing a lot for for that kind of thing with its diverse cast and uh, a diverse crew, from what I understand. Yes, absolutely, absolutely.
1: It's um, it's Alfred and uh, the creators of the show. Like, I mean, like the world that they create is just um, uh, amazing and like unique. And like, uh, there's not many shows out there like that. Uh, that, that diverse, you know? I mean, even if it's a, like Daniel Wu, East Asian, lead and all that, that doesn't come into the equation. Like, they don't, it's not even a big deal, it's, you know? They don't even bring up what, oh, he's an East Asian, he's a Chinese guy, or, and even with the um, relationship between Vail and sunny like, uh, no big deal. It, it just exists, you know? They, they don't make a big deal out of it in this world. And like, uh, and also like Alfred Molier, they have a knack of creating like uh, very diverse and uh, worlds like that. There's other shows, The, the Chronicles, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, again, yeah, that that's uh, it's it's really unique in that way. Like, it's celebrated first, so, yeah.
0: Do you uh, know of any other people that are out there now that are pushing the envelope for Asians to get some better representation on screen?
1: Like, I guess um, it's it's good to see the likes of. Um, uh, Donnie Yen and even Daniel Wu, like, uh, getting like uh bigger and more recognizable roles that are not just the, you know, the token Asian guy, so to speak, you know, um, but like the likes of Donnie and, and Daniel, they've been around the game for a long, long time, I guess, like, uh, to eventually earn that, um, place in the industry, you know? I guess um, uh, another. I guess another actor that um, I think uh, would would uh, fall into not being pigeonholed it would be one uh, Ken Leung. Ken Leung from uh, he was in the first Rochelle movie and also the first movie and Lost. Yeah, like uh, I like his work because again I think he, he he's not your when he with the stuff that he does he's not your typical. Asian guy in in world. And also, I'm very excited for uh, part of the Badlands family, Louis Tan, like uh, what he has coming up, I think uh, he will be someone to really look out for to, like you said, push the envelope for East Asian in the industry.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's uh, made it a uh, uh, quite a passion of his to, uh, to be one of those voices. So uh, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to what he's going to bring as well. Yes, yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah. and I think he'll, I think
0: you'll go very far. Yeah. Great. yeah. Now to play off of that, one of the first roles that I knew you from uh, was from a short film where you had the role of a hitman who got caught up in a mess that uh, apparently he made himself. but it's a short film known as Soho Jimbo from Chris Chung. And uh, I know there's a the fans of the Facebook group uh, that you're uh, a part of uh, all want to know. Uh, what's going on with that? But um, tell me about Soho Jimbo and tell me about uh, what it, where it is now and, and how you got involved with that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And um, so, Soho Jimbo actually was um, a brainchild of uh, Chris Chung. Like, uh, he originally actually had in mind for it to be a feature in the first place. And then how that show came about was through a competition that through uh, Directors UK, and uh, in association with Ari Alexa. And basically, I think they had around 180 or 200 submissions. And Chris, with his pitch for Solo Jimbo, right, um, he was one of the winners. Of, I think out of the 200 people that submitted, I think only five got selected. And they were provided with their Area Alexa equipment, camera equipment, like to for two days shoot um, this project. And so how what that short was, um, the the teaser that we did for Soul Jimbo, is basically meant to be like a a section or like coming towards the third act of the feature he had in mind. So uh, where you see my character, Sean, who actually basically gets exposed as um, he's been faking, pretending to be the uh, ultra hitman that everyone's uh, been after. And uh, how I got involved was... like I, I knew Chris from a, a good while, uh, like uh, many years back, and uh, we we met up in Hong Kong before, filmed some stuff for fun, and then uh, he came along to see a play that I was involved in. Um, uh, it was like a, uh, the play was Aladdin, but like uh, set in ancient China, and there was like martial arts involved and all that. And then I uh, he, he saw me on stage like performing, and he just I remember you telling me like, oh, I think like I like like what you've done in that, and I think. We'd be able to work together on this, so he invited me on board. And I remember, you <laughs> I, like, I, I always try and keep in good shape anyway. But I remember um, Chris telling me, like, "Oh, so in this, you gotta, you gotta make sure you're you up your game completely because, um, like, um, you're gonna be working with a lot of like a uh, like experienced stuntman, like a lot of experienced martial artists, and also in towards towards the end, you're gonna have to, you know, when you get your hands cut." you're going to have to rip off your shirt and you got to make sure you look good. You know? I said, Oh gosh, okay. You you put me on the spot now. And this is uh, is, like, I think, uh, I think we had like a three week prep before we're filming. So I went on this really strict diet and I was like, really like working training almost like maybe five five days a week, like really. And then dieting as well. Sure. (laughs) And then until, until it came to shoot day, I was like, Chris, uh, I'm looking at the script, uh, wh- wh- where's the scene where I have to, you know, rip the <laughs> and Chris just had me going just to make sure, I, Yeah, no, no it, it worked, you know, like I, I kind of, uh, I did feel a lot better, but damn, I would have killed for a donut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've, I've done that route where you cut weight and uh, it's not pleasant, man. It's not nice. no,
1: no, that's fine. Paid paid uh, you know, like, I think, um, what we managed to capture on yeah. screen for uh, for two day shoot, it was a uh, I think it looked nice. It I looked think.
0: it looked really fantastic. It was a it was a, a great short film to come across, and uh, I loved all of the action in it. Uh, the camera work oh. was really
1: fantastic, and I mean you you played a great character. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, in terms of that answering question about like where is it now, like um, I know uh, Chris is currently uh, working to. Um, I think he had the second draft of the script completed recently and he is just, uh, yes, yeah, it's just still in development just to generate a bit more buzz and interest. And, uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Yeah. Great.
0: I hope it, uh, I hope yeah. it continues to develop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens.
0: With yeah. it. <laughs> now the most recent role that, uh, I know you from has, a has a, you in a more colorful dynamic and, uh, powerful role. Uh, extremely short-lived, though, uh, as Baron Hassan of the hit AMC TV series, Into the Badlands. So what was it like working on that show, which, as we've, we said before, has really kind of championed diversity in front of and behind the camera as well?
1: Yeah, it was an uh, absolute joy to be uh, a part of that production. And so many great people working in front and behind the scenes on that show. And um, how I ended up, been involved in that was um a friend of mine uh tristan mcconnell he's a he's an actor that eventually turned stuntman Um, um, believe it or not there was became more work in the stunt um, area in in ireland i think through like game of thrones um, and vikings and badlands being in there well tristan got in touch with me i think back in the summer of 2016 and he just said hey um the cast into the Badlands is filming in Ireland. The casting, Louise Kylie is casting it, so it's it's something that's like definitely up your alley. So maybe you should get seen for it. And I obviously am very thankful for Christian and let me know, give me a heads up about that. So uh, I contacted Louise about it, uh, the casting director, and then um, I was, I was I was actually in Ireland at the time as well because uh, it was my wedding. I got married uh, in july of 2016 yeah and then um but by the time uh, they got back in touch with me i was actually back in england i went back to london where i'm actually based now and then so i had to send a self-tape over reading for a role and i didn't hear anything for a good few months I, I knew they were shooting already and then so i thought oh maybe maybe um, i wasn't what what they're looking for and then uh, and then um my, come 5th of september that's when my, uh, my first child at, at Sinead was born and then uh, so very very exciting time for myself and the wife and then the next day I received a phone call from Margot uh, Margot uh, Margo is the uh, assistant Pete, Peter Miles who's the stunt coordinator on Badlands uh, and he goes hey Alan uh, so just check in I'm, I'm calling from Badlands and like uh, just checking you available these dates and then she's Name like said said the number of dates to me, and I said, Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I think I'm <laughs> straight, but I was still kind of like, I was a little bit like, What? what this, this is just very sudden, and I, I'm, I'm not completely sure what's going on. So, like, Margaret just called me up and just asked about those dates and said, Oh, okay, thank you. And then, and that was it, and I was like, Oh, wow, that feels a bit strange. Wow. <laughs> and then a couple of hours later, um. Uh, one of the eight, another AD called me up and then like Adrian, and then she goes, Hey, Alan, we want to fly you over tomorrow uh, for a <laughs> fitting for one role. So I was like, Oh, I'm, uh, my, my baby was just born yesterday and all that. And, and they said, Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll fly you back in the evening as well. And just we make sure. So they only need me for a couple of hours. And so I just looked at my wife and said, what do you think? And she go, Girl. wow, That's amazing. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, so um, Sinead was my lucky star, I guess, like <laughs> when she was born, and then like literally two days when after she was born, I uh, like got the call and I was flying back and forth to Ireland for fittings, and uh, yeah, and then a couple of weeks down the line, like I flew back to Ireland with my whole family just to uh, just so that they close I'm um, close to where we're here, and then
0: uh, yeah. Now, how how long were you on set exactly?
1: Uh, for my the first episode I was involved in, um, which was uh season two, episode four, that's the conclave battle, uh where all the barons get together for their meeting. Uh I that was a two week shoot. They allowed one week for uh the drama unit, and then the second week was for the fight unit. Now bearing in mind like uh, I, I was need I was needed for all those days, but because it was so, such a big, big scene, there's so many, like, uh, uh, stuff happening with the fights and, and all that, and um, I, it, that, that's why it kind of took so long as well, like, uh, although I was on set, like, I think I, I, was, I was, it was quite a relaxed environment as well, I wasn't, like, needed, like, in front of the camera for all those days, but it was a great experience just watching, like, uh, the, the, the guys at work, and especially with the fight unit, like, when Andy Chang and uh, Master Didi, like watching them work was just like, oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm sure it, uh, from what I've heard anyway, from uh, from other cast members that I've talked to, the, uh, the training is pretty intense.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Um, for, for myself, like, I was not involved because I was, like, brought on as a... Uh, you can, I guess you can call them like a day player as in, cause I'm only involved in little episodes, like episodes here and there. So I wasn't involved in the actual training camp, like a fight okay. workshop, which I would have loved to have been involved in it. It would have been able to get me in tip top shape <laughs> right. in advance. <events>, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, um, in terms of, come, uh, you really have to be sharp and on the ball, uh, been involved in, especially if you're working with the likes of the, these uh, Hong Kong um, martial art right. choreographers. Because they're still, like, I guess, like, uh, and, and I think they're very used to, in, especially in Hong Kong productions, like, uh, they, they're used to uh, working on very t- tight time scales sure. as well. Do you know, they, really have be, like, they come up and create the fight scenes mm-hmm. on the spot, you know? So, like, uh, even when I was there, the 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 time, the days and weeks I was involved, like, you really have to focus. You see Master Didi uh, coming up with some of the techniques with his stunt guys, like uh, the core stunt team, and they come with the techniques, and then they'll, you just have to w- observe, watch, maybe repeat, copy, like, uh, two or three times, and then, okay, great, action. <laughs> wow. and then, you know, so you really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but definitely... Great experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. um, one of
0: the uh, the members of that Facebook group, Cool Guy J. James, had a question. He said, I really wish we could have had you longer as Baron Hassan, but can you share with us any stories of funny, surprise, or good moments that you had while spending time on set with the other cast and crew?
1: Yeah, and they're, oh, gosh, there's just a, such an amazing bunch there. And also, shout out to all the unsung heroes, as in like uh, the hair makeup team roadie and Claire lamb like and also the costume guys at uh, oh, giovanni wonderful costumes they're, 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 yeah yeah it's absolutely outstanding you know and like they're, they're always a great uh, bunch to generally you know, if i'm chilling and like uh, get my makeup applied because like with my makeup as well is quite heavy with the yeah. scars and, and especially with the hair so i get to chill out with them a lot but it's an uh, interesting story actually um one of the like, cast members that I got to speak to uh, most in like a bit of the downtime would be uh Stephen Lang. Um yeah, Waldo, yeah. Um, yeah uh, and uh like uh, absolutely really really nice guy really really nice guy. He's very intimidating looking <laughs> <I think. laughs> but actually really, really friendly. And uh I remember we are actually in the green green room, and myself and some of the stunt guys, uh, they're preparing for a scene. Uh, Callie, Callie Nell, who's uh, one of the stunt guys, one of the core stunt teams from season two, and he he also returned for season three as well. But he was getting ready for his scene, and he was like on the floor doing push-ups, just to you know, pump up the arms, get the blood flowing. So he looks, those guns look big <laughs> on camera. And then from distance we hear a voice going, you should do that on your thumb." <laughs> We all turn, and, then, and then we turn, then Stephen Lang like just come do pushups on your thumbs, and I just uh, we all kind of give it a laugh, like just like oh maybe he's joking and all that, and he just he just walks on over and goes like that's what I used to do in the, my karate training, and then he just said I don't know if I can still do it, and he just goes down on the floor, uh, goes down on the floor, and then start doing pushups with fingers, ten fingers at first, he goes like ten fingers, and then he releases his little pinky. Uh, from both hands he goes eight fingers Whoa. six fingers four fingers and then thumbs literally he was like doing push up, like uh on his fingers and then all the way down to just wow the thumbs. and i was like i was like holy and then at that moment i was stumbling from my camera my, my phone just to try and record but like i wasn't gonna tell him hey can you do that again so i can record you wow <laughs> that's cool yeah yeah, it was amazing. It was just amazing stuff. And after that, he just want, he wanders back to where he was and starts playing the harp. That was just great. <laughs> All right, so uh,
0: so anybody out there, don't mess with Stephen
1: Lang. <laughs> yeah, man, he's he's um, yeah. He's a he's a, uh, a martial arts practitioner himself, actually. He did a shell cushion karate, I believe. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, yeah. Wow. Dude. <laughs> all right. So, um,
0: Angela Stahoviak also from the Facebook group, has another question. Uh, we always hear that Daniel Wu is so funny. Unfortunately, we don't get to see it in Sunny's character. Can you share any funny stories, either from Badlands Head or other times that you worked together, where you can kind of see his humor? Ah, uh, like
2: uh,
1: Daniel, and um, you know, I, I actually, um, all the. All of my shooting days i never actually got to work with daniel oh. but i did i did come across actually i crossed paths with daniel a number of times uh when i was in hong kong okay like events and and so on but uh it was a case of like uh, i knew who he was but he didn't really know who i was <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but but um but and on set of badlands uh i guess he is actually really really Hard, uh, really nice and hardworking guys and um, when we were doing the, uh, the work with the fight unit for the conclave chain he actually had a I think he had a day off or something he actually came to visit the set and he was like you know just wandering around just uh, checking how things are going and then he did uh, we did have a little introduce them to each other you know he was very pleasant he came over and said, hey I'm Daniel and like ask him my name Plead me and then when I returned for my second uh, episode that I was involved in, we actually sat next to each other in the uh, hair, hair department, where we're both getting hair made, uh, done up, and then he turned to me again and goes, like, hey, hey, I'm Daniel, uh, nice to meet you. And then he goes, oh, hi, Daniel, I'm Alan, and we met before, but <laughs> I think I had my makeup on, so he didn't recognize <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that was pretty,
0: that, that was some pretty intense makeup that you had on so
1: with all those scars yeah, and stuff yeah yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely yeah I have to say um, like yeah, Daniel's uh, very very nice to everyone on set like a uh, very very pleasant gentleman yeah. very cool that must
0: make for such a great working environment
1: yeah yeah great yeah the, the, you can see um, you know even though uh, my I was only involved in like uh, I guess short relatively short period I can definitely sense and feel that family atmosphere you know like uh, everyone's really warm they're very supportive and if like, they really want you know they really want to um make great show as possible that's
0: cool you know now, did you get to work with sherman augustus at all because i had him on the show recently
1: oh sherman no i actually didn't get to work with him but he is um he is such a nice guy as well like, you know he uh we we became friends just through facebook and like he's always like he's always having a chat with, with himself you know and I was asking how things... Because I knew he was involved in season three. So I was asking, like, how things are going. And then we actually got to meet up, like, uh, for the first time. I think it was just before Christmas of um, last year. And uh, no, although we didn't... It's a shame. I never got to work with him, like, uh, on set or on screen. But, like, I got to meet up with him. And he is, like, ace, ace, ace gentleman. That's yeah. cool.
0: Very cool. Yeah.
1: All right. Now, back to Baron Hassan.
0: The um The best thing... Uh, a, a true warrior can hope for is a glorious death in battle, which Baron Hassan certainly achieved. Um, how much of that final fight were you actually involved in?
1: Yeah, that. Thing. Um, I remember when I got the script for that episode, and um, I think it, I was. I think it booked me for two days. It would be a two-day shoot, and then I was looking at the script, and he said oh, oh, it's a relatively short scene. It says there's some dialogue, but I remember they, they end up cutting the dialogue part a bit shorter. And it just said towards the end, like, oh, yeah, like uh, Baron Hassan draws his sword. But then through through the curtains, like all the uh, blades of the butterflies are slashing them apart. And then mm. I just, like, oh, it's going to be like a quick death and all that. So I didn't expect to be much fighting. But I remember when I went on set and then, like uh, Master Didi was there already. And then, okay going to be a lot more to this. <laughs> I got to be prepared. But then, uh, what the way they, were, they had the scene set up, um, I should say I'm a South Pole, by the way, I'm okay. left handed. So, <laughs> so they had me drawing the sword with my right hand. And it, it's at that point where I said, Oh, am I, cause, cause I wasn't too sure where to, what direction i you going with this? Am I going to get like, Oh, disarmed. And then, cause I, there is a part in the script where it says that I get disarmed. I have to use my other hand to fight. But then uh, with the choreography, it turned out that like, um, Master Didi wanted a proper fight to go on a bit longer. And then that's when I turned to him and said, Oh, Master Didi, I'm, I just want to let you know I'm actually left handed. And he goes, "Look at me and goes, Oh, sorry, I didn't know that. <laughs> OK. And then he just continued. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's the part of me I was like, Oh, shoot. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I'm uh, you know, it's one of those things, I guess, like, uh, uh, it's a lesson learned got to make sure you're prepared no matter what, you know? So in future, I got to train my right hand a bit more because, like, it was, like, although I'm okay with my right, but, like, wielding that sword at times, it was just... You can tell, for myself, anyway, I, I felt like, oh, I'm a little bit clunky with this. Mm. Thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, so that's... I mean, that leads into the next question. When you finally saw that final fight on screen, were you thrilled with how it came out or were you critical of anything? Because to us, it looked fantastic. Yeah,
1: I... Do you know what the... I guess it's the the magic of filmmaking, you know. It's a, I actually when it because I was a bit like wondering, "Oh, how's it going?" Actually, you look. But I think I, I was quite pleased, you know, that they managed to do a good job of whatever they managed to capture from me. Because like I remember, like on set as well, like it was like Matthew D.D. speaks Cantonese, and so do I. We mainly communicate is uh, through Cantonese, and like Cantonese can sound a lot more aggressive at times than you would know, sir. <laughs> come on faster stronger come on more power have you not have you not had your dinner he meant he well he meant well but on the day i was like oh shoot my arm yeah 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 that's,
0: funny. that's awesome it, it, but again it, it looked amazing and uh, it, it was a, a nice way for your character to go out <laughs> thank you yeah yeah <laughs> all right um let's do a quick lightning round you ready yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Cool. All right, here we go. Uh, what's better, Irish food or Chinese food? Ooh, Chinese food. <laughs>
1: I can't think of much Irish food. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. What's
0: harder to speak, Gaelic or Chinese? Oh, that to be Gaelic. Uh, my, my Irish is no good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. If you could take home any Baron Hassan prop from Into the Badlands, what was it going to be?
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: Um...
1: Oh, good one, good one. Uh, you know what? I, I, I really fancy uh, the, in the conclave scene where the, the cape I was actually wearing. Oh, yeah, yeah nice. It made, it made me feel like M. Bison, you know, from... Yeah, very, yeah, nice. yeah. very nice, very <laughs> nice. Like, wow, you know, is, I take this, I take this, yeah.
0: <laughs> nice, I like it. Yeah. All right, who would win in a fight, Baron Hassan or Shun from Soho
1: Jimbo? Mm, let me see... I think, uh, I gotta, so now after watching, um, Baron Hassan get his ass kicked by the butterflies, I'm gonna have to say, I think, Sh- Sean will find a, a way to outwit Baron <laughs> Hassan. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Very good.
0: All right. If you weren't acting, you would be? Uh, a scriptwriter,
1: which I hope nice. to be a, a script writer. Very good. A Very, film, good. Yeah.
0: Very cool. All right, and last question, and then I'll, I'll edit it out if you get it wrong, of course. But what's your favorite podcast about Kung Fu and martial arts entertainment?
1: Seriously, is there any other than <laughs> Kung Fu Drive In Podcast?
0: <laughs> oh, you're the best. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> All right, so tell me then, what is coming up next for
1: Alan Y? Oh, what's next for Alan Y? I guess it will be reprising the role that I played before, and that's the. A- to be <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, actually, yes. I'm, expecting, I'm expecting my second child uh, in early May many so, many congrats yeah, yeah thank you very much um so uh, besides that like I'm still like kind of hustling and uh, with castings but my uh, my agent's very understanding because I did say I'm, I'm taking some a uh, little bit of a downtime at the moment just to uh, be with the family and uh just to help out here and uh see the birth of our second child so um yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a,
0: that's the greatest adventure of all, so many congratulations.
1: <laughs> Thank you
0: very much. Thank you. Um, well, uh, get your sleep when you can, while you can, because, uh, I mean, you have uh, a daughter already, so uh, I know you know what it's like, but um, it, it never gets easier. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. i the hard work. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I t- I've taken up enough of your time that, uh, already. So, Alan Y, thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I know we won't see Baron Hassan again, but hopefully we'll see Sean from Soho Jimbo. And uh, I know a lot of your fans are looking forward to more of your work. So hopefully we get to see more of you on screen sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's it an absolute pleasure, Jeff. <laughs>
3: The 2018 UASC will take place Saturday, November 10th at AMC Theaters Times Square, featuring five theaters with over 60 hours of action content from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. That's right, Action Junkies, we're having a 14-hour action film megathon, showcasing the latest indie action film content and continuing last year's launch of Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater, featuring Shaw Brothers Kung Fu classics and honoring the 40th anniversary of five daily events. Please join the Urban Action Showcase Diversity in Action Initiative celebrating the past, present, and future multicultural achievements in the blockbuster action genre. As a platform, we advocate diversity and inclusion through our International Action Film Festival, Action Expo, and Action Film Awards platform to promote multicultural heroic energy in order to change the dynamic of mainstream media. to be a part of the action by pre-purchasing a 2018 event pass for yourself or a friend master sanjay is finished we can attack the city
0: Mm. (laughs) big thanks to alan Y for joining me on the show he's a cool dude who's done some really cool work with soho jimbo and into the badlands so i really wish him well and hope to see more of his work in the very near future best of luck to him and his family as well as they welcome their new addition this may Hopefully I'll get to check back with him after things have settled down and get some updates on any projects that he's got in the works. Thanks also again to the fine folks in the Into the Badlands Facebook group who threw some questions my way to ask Alan. I couldn't get to all of them, but I know that Alan will make his way to the page and get some of those answers out to you. I'm going to post the link to Soho Jimbo in the show notes, so please go check that out to see some of Alan's excellent martial artistry. And Into the Badlands is on Netflix right now, so you can check out season 2 and find out the glorious fate of Baron Hassan for yourself. In the meantime, I am on all the socials, so come holla at me if you're on Twitter, dial up the hashtag Castaways as well, and visit some of my friends in the indie podcasting community. There's a lot of great content out there, and a lot of it is concentrated right here in the Castaways, so come check us out. Until next time, Poison Clan. Peace. Poison Clan rocks the world.
2: You pissed the bump if i the day. Shouting monks on the hands Running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee now's in King Yu's With the fearless Aida roaming over the lands Yeah, the little big soldier is older and wiser he wants a world of peace Because he doesn't want to fight Got the Venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks Guaranteed to great jars Five for the cards, and pause here But pause, not the yen back Kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but walls don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even the child, a little dreamer, cause he is the drunken master. Mascot. Once upon a time in China, Rose and McQuan is real fine, but see Maggie on his spine Golden Swallow has arrived. Chang Chi movies, will the hero will survive? We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain. Gonna fight, may as well pick the spot. Yeah, the sky goes black on the vampire's back. We got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword. And our sword will travel until his body's on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin in a man is style yeah, defeat the enemy and watch you run for miles blood will spill now on the mountain tops when we bring back the soul of the legendary pops walking to the tea house ready for some action drink a little wine we get getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. this time it's warm we smash the place up with our dragon claws we're walking to the tea house ready for some action drink a little wine we get getting drunk and then we're fighting ha. This time it's war We smash the place up
3: With a dragon claw See it's a game
2: of death Yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time In China Counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin Slashing blood or just drip drop The head kick Neck drop, Balance the won't stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got her Just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the parties On the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the walls Don't fear at all she kill them all There's always blood spilled
3: When you head into a war Fearless Unleashed the, least. the fist of legend at the car, Jet League I'm bolo young, yo,
2: I'll
0: always be a beast
2: You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets in a sample, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one, Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drinking little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm To smash the place up with a dragon we But welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine